Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, everyone, to the Wolverine.com podcast uh, here on the Wolverine.com Um as you can see, Anthony Broom here with Ryan Van Bergen and uh, grins that will be tough to wipe off both of our faces uh, for, for the, the here and now for the foreseeable future. Ryan, uh, Michigan Wolverines are Big Ten champions. They're going to the college football playoff. Well, let's just start there. <laughs> oh, it feels so good. I mean, it's feels like such a cool story. Uh, you, you couldn't put anything you couldn't write literature that has the twists and turns. I feel like that Jim Harbaugh has gone through here as a coach and um, to have a team come together like this team did in a year where nothing was expected and not being ranked and expected to finish fourth in our side of the division. um, For these guys to come out and have, I think the most dominant big 10 championship performance that maybe has ever occurred since the, the beginning of this game and to, slap around Ohio State at the end of the year and just the way that they dominated all facets of the game and just got to be such a great team. Uh, they're 
this is a storybook team. This might be the, the best. Uh, I mean, everybody knows the 97 team, but this might, we might have just watched the best Michigan football team that's ever worn the winged helmets, and that's pretty special. Wow. I mean, that's that's where we're at. I mean, it's we'll talk about the game in a second, but this is the this is the culmination of you know what what you and I have been talking about over the last several weeks. What the season has been about from from the jump. I mean, this is a group that willed this into happening. Uh, I was here in July, same building, Lucas Oil Stadium, Indianapolis, for Big Ten Football Media Day. And they all said, we're going to beat our rivals. We're going to beat Ohio State or die trying. We want to win the Big Ten. We want to make the college football playoff. They're here. And, you know, make no mistake about it, Ryan. Like, this is the expectation. This is where Michigan should be. So this isn't like some Cinderella breakthrough type of, you know, upstart season. This is where they should be. But this team coming off of that season, what happened last year and everything and all the change, this is a special group of guys. They got this done through willpower. They spoke it into existence. Uh, just just an incredible – we'll talk about the game here, but like I said, just an incredible display uh, throughout the season and capped it off about as good as you can. And another thing, I mean, the players are so special and deserve so much recognition, but the coaching staff, for Harbaugh to do what he did as far as taking his contract down, going out, finding new blood, you know, they talked about it on the broadcast that I think all the assistant coaches are under the age of 40, bringing Mike Hart back, Mike McDonald on, uh, you could go on about a couple of these other coaches, and the chemistry that these guys have found i i think they fed off of each other the coaches and the players and there's just a lot of love and a lot of chemistry that you can just visibly see on this team and uh they're a special team and now they're going to be decorated as such which i think everybody is more than deserving that's been a part of this program well let's talk about the football game now uh it started out michigan led 14 to 3 after the first quarter probably could have led by more than that but you know a little bit of a slow start but still up by two scores uh the middle two quarters were what they were i think they let iowa hang around a little bit but fourth quarter winning time time to put a game away uh 21 points uh i think their second half drive chart went touchdown punt touchdown 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 these are the things we've been talking about for weeks, Ryan. Uh, closing time, making plays, leaving no doubt. Um, this team made a case throughout this game. We'll get into the, some of the finer stuff here, but um, I guess I'll just ask this: Do you think they deserve the number one ranking uh, when these these you know, we're twelve less than twelve hours away from the playoff rankings coming out? Number one. I think you can make that argument. Uh, I think that. Bama has a strong, really strong case being that they just beat a unanimous number one undefeated Georgia team and handled them. You know, we, one thing that I do think works in our favor is that this was not a close game that we squeaked out past Iowa. This was a really dominant uh, performance. And regardless if, if we're the one or the two, I don't know how much that really impacts our chances of becoming national champions. We're going to have to beat uh, at least one good SEC team and potentially two of them. And, uh, if anyone can do it, why not this team? I, I thought about that before we got on was, yeah, they might have to beat the two best teams in the SEC back to back, but this team could do it. It's possible. So, yeah, I think we should be considered. Does it really matter to me? Am I going to get up in arms about it either way? No, uh, we're going to have to win some tough games. Yeah, and 
what's not going to happen is they're not going to have Alabama and Georgia play uh, in that first semifinal. I think they would probably set it up for a rematch in the title game. So really, at the end of the day, number one, number two, it doesn't really matter because I think this team's going to wind up playing Georgia. So we'll see. But let's talk about this game now. Um, early on, I think, you know, we just read off the box score there. Uh, started fairly quick and finished strong. What did you see from this team right out of the gate on, on Saturday night? I feel like we saw just a great balance offensively. Uh, first play of the game, swing pass. You know, we talked about that with Jake Butt on Friday, that we needed to spread these guys out. You saw so much success, I think, early with the swing passes and getting to the edge with Corum on the long run and the reverse to Henning, then our trick play that we had that we were throwing them, I think, off of our scent, and then we settled into what we like to do. And I just think Gaddis, he's improved every game i feel like as a play caller he's had quite a bit of criticism hurled his way but i feel like his growth as a coordinator and especially as a play caller he has turned into a composer and someone that hopefully we can keep because i think he's going to be getting some sniffs here uh if not after this year potentially next year for head coaching gigs so um offensively i really liked how we played and then mcdonald's defense is just a perfect complement it's it's steak and, and twice baked potatoes is what we got on offense and defense there. And um, for Iowa, I don't know. They had, I think, maybe three trips to the red zone and came away with one successful field goal attempt. Our defense has been the same all year. We give people yards. We're letting them move the ball a little bit. No big deal. But when you get down to where it's time to score, that's when we're going to start really giving you problems. And uh, I thought all of our guys played really well. We're in great position. And Iowa just could not find any rhythm offensively, uh, made our offense probably feel more comfortable and uh, led to us playing the game we wanted to play again in a big game, which is just huge. We're controlling big games. Harbaugh had a streak of not winning big games. Now we're not only winning, but we're controlling big games, which is just how we skip that step. I don't know, but I'm just so pleased to be watching it because it's a lot of fun to dominate an entire game. I think I just had your audio cut out, Anthony, if you can hear me. That's my bad. That's what happens when we're we do good. it live. <laughs> we're, we're good. good. Um, yeah, we're good. We're still rolling here. Um, Joe Kirkland says, Ryan's good luck baby worked again. Go blue. How much of the game did she watch with you? She watched the whole thing, and she wore a, a shirt that said, <laughs> I watch Michigan football with Daddy, and that was the same thing she wore in the Ohio State game. Daddy's a little superstitious. Not a lot superstitious, <laughs> but as Michael Scott says, I'm a little stitious. So I've got to hang on to her, and she's now she's with me all the time, whether she likes it or not. Well, hey, well, what I was saying before I cut out was uh, it wasn't all bad for Iowa. They won time of possession, and they kicked the ball a lot, and they have a brand, and, and God bless them, they stick to it. Um, yeah, that was huge. The – I was three best drives of the day. They got one field goal out of it. That's, I mean, defense making plays when they had to. I thought there were some kind of uncharacteristic mistakes, um, especially in terms of penalties. The, the Taylor Upshaw taunting penalty, um, that's not something you need. To, you know what's weird is that it seemed like a lot of the things that went wrong for them in terms of mistakes were kind of the things we all braced to happen in a game like the Ohio State game last week. So maybe they just had to get it out of their system. But um Iowa couldn't complete a forward pass uh and the way they play offense is to me an an affront to the sport of football so um just great job by the Michigan defense Uh, I want to turn to offense now again it was just kind of chip away chip away chip away and then you got you got a couple big plays there uh early on in the first quarter 
things were a little stagnant in the middle stages there, but um, you know, it felt like once they got a stop and then went out and scored a touchdown, um, I think on that first drive of the second half, like there was no, I don't want to say there wasn't a threat, but Iowa just isn't built to come back in games like this. It had to be on the game plan to get a lead. Like we talked about again, Jake Butt called that one that we've got to get a lead on these guys because that'll take them out of their element. And I thought even though it kind of just stayed at 14-3 for a stretch there, that we could tell that it felt like Iowa was pressing. They were out of their element. They're in the gun on first and 10, and uh, they're throwing the ball on first and 10 and second and eights. And uh, it was Iowa seemed desperate before desperation was necessary, but I think they saw what was probably coming. Uh, I thought we got their very best drive, drive number one. Drive number two, they, they come down and moving the ball a little bit, but I could tell that, uh, the play sheet, the scripted plays had ended and it was going to start time to play football. And I didn't think that they thought, I don't think that they thought they could hang with us. They knew that uh, they had to either keep up or they'd get blown away. And that's kind of what happened. Well, they were going to have to do what they always do and just kind of bring you down to their level. Um, you know, there was, they were, Michigan played with fire a little bit in the second quarter, um, especially with AJ Henning. I mean, he cost them a lot of yards uh, in the punt return stuff really set Michigan's offense back, but to, to their credit, defense was able to, um, or the offense was able to just kind of get through it, not make the mistakes that were going to allow Iowa to stay in this game. And they did in the first half. I mean, it was, it was 14, three at the end of the first quarter, 14, three at the end of the half. Um, I know there were a lot of nervous birds on Twitter and, and I'm sure people in the comments here, but um, at the end of the day, it just never, it never felt like Michigan wasn't controlling this game. I would agree. I feel like we recognized pretty quickly that Iowa was going to have to do something pretty special to get into the end zone. And our offense was just kind of chipping away at the rock, waiting for something to move, something to fold. And um, we didn't need any urgency to get more explosive on offense. We just needed to take care of the ball and make sure we weren't getting smashed in field position, which is kind of what was happening for the first few series. Uh, and once you you know realize that your defense is going to stand up against these guys, like you said, they're not going to complete a pass that's going to go beyond the sticks. So um, if I'm offense, I'm just trying to hold on to the ball, make good decisions. And that's kind of, I think, what you saw. And um, eventually it wore them down, and that's what you think you saw the third and then fourth quarter just kind of the willpower was gone for Iowa. We, we grinded them down with body blows, and they were done. How did you feel about how Cade McNamara played in this game? I thought he played pretty well. Iowa came with it. There were some good pressures out of Iowa's defense. Their linebackers are more athletic than I gave them credit for in the pregame. Uh, their defensive line, although they're undersized, they play tough. And they were doing a really good job uh, of, of slowing us down from climbing to second level. Uh, and that was something I continued to notice, which is why the run game was not going as, as it normally does. But I think McNamara is just a cool customer. I think something that is – Necessary component of a championship team is, is someone with great leadership qualities along with takes care of the football, makes good decisions, all those other stuff that you look for in a quarterback. But you can just tell leadership-wise, these guys look to him, and he's just a cool, calm customer and goes out there and, and handles business. He had one interception that you know wasn't a great throw to Eric All, but Eric All uh, would not normally, I think, olay that into the lap of the Iowa defender. Um, and... 
overall, he just plays another clean, good football game. And he's maybe one of the best game-managing quarterbacks that I've seen in college football in a long time. So uh, he's a Big Ten champion, like all the rest of them. And I think that it's well-deserved because he's a big-time leader of the team. Yeah, it, it's been a thing with him all year where he's going to do a couple things in the game that drive you insane, where he misses a throw or um, he throws behind someone or, or just, you know, we know it happens. But every single time they've needed just one drive all season long, he's been able to give him that. And that's where I think he deserves a little more credit than just being, I know, I know when we hear game manager, that sometimes that can be a nice way of saying that a quarterback is pedestrian. Kate McNamara is a good quarterback, a good clutch quarterback. Um, every time they've needed it, he's given it to them. And you know what? Sometimes it's just as simple as doing this and handing the ball off. But um, like I said, the guy, there's a lot of talented Michigan quarterbacks from the last 17, 18 years that haven't won a Big Ten championship. And, and he gets to say that now. Um, so just a outstanding performance uh, from him. You know, made the, made the plays he needed to make. How about Donovan Edwards? He might be the best quarterback on the team. That ball was legit. That ball was legit, and um, yeah, he—it's. Uh, we thought he might be a guy that breaks out. Corm's a guy that breaks out. This team has so many people offensively that it, I still think one of the biggest issues Gaddis has to be presented with when doing a game plan is where my touch is going. Uh, but great play, great call. Uh, just another, uh, like, another wrinkle that we continue to add and get better and I don't know I think Gaddis I'm really excited to see where this offense goes I would love to I'm excited about the finish of this year but Gaddis I feel like he's got something special moxie wise as a coordinator and as a play caller and he's kind of finding his stride and it's only going to get better I think I do want to take some questions from the chat so feel free to uh, chime in with that you guys uh, this is your this is your Big Ten Championship celebration as well uh, I will start with this uh as a talking point though, Ryan, now that we have this week one through week 14, we have the total picture now. I mean, whatever happens from here, it's gravy. You're, you're, you just punched a ticket to the big dance and you see what happens from there. I'll say this. None of those teams want to see Michigan right now. They just don't. But was there a moment or, or what was your moment where you felt like this was potentially possible? Cause there were some there were some hiccups early on. Couldn't really throw the ball against Washington. The second half against Rutgers, uh, you know, there was pause there for some people. So, what was the moment where you felt, you know, what this group might really be different? Winning at Wisconsin was a big thing. Winning at Camp Randall and Wisconsin hadn't found their stride yet, but we knew they were going to be a good team. Winning at Camp Randall was a big deal, and then I think going to Nebraska back to back on the road was another big deal and winning that game. And I think. Everybody probably had some questions after the Michigan State loss. Uh, that was a tough one to bear. But the rebound of this team and being able to go to Penn State and get a win and, you know, taking care of it, no trap games, taking care of never playing down to the level of an inferior opponent. Uh, and then watching Aiden Hutchinson and Dave, that, I mean, we talk about him all the time. People are probably sick of it, but it's just true. He's probably one of the most gifted defensive ends. I keep asking myself the question, him versus Chase Young, who would you pick? Because I think those are probably the two best defensive ends that we've seen in the Big Ten in the last 20 years. And I'm starting to lean more towards Aiden. And uh, I think that the turning point for me was started a Wisconsin game, and then once they came back and came from behind at Happy Valley, when I was like, this team 
is got a chance to beat Ohio State. And you beat Ohio State, you go to the Big Ten Championship and all that stuff. So I would say then, but realistically, I still don't think that I ever would have imagined that they would be dominating wins over Ohio State, dominating wins in the Big Ten Championship. That's just such an extra gift and just want to bask in it. I'll say this about the Chase Young thing. He kind of disappeared down the stretch that year for Ohio State when he went off. So Aiden Hutchinson just seems like he's he's gotten better. And he had one sack tonight. Listen, I don't know if he's the Heisman or not, but he should be in New York. He deserves that much. Uh, I think Bry- Bryce Young probably locked that up the way uh, today with the way he played. But um, Aiden Hutchinson should be there. So, And I think he will be. Uh, I want to take this comment from Chris here in the chat who says, We were number two, number one lost. And we pummeled number 15 to win a conference championship. And we don't move up. I, I mean, that's the case right there. I think that it will be Bama because we know how this works. And SEC is king. And we know what they're going to try and set up here. But pretty convincing case for number one, wouldn't you say? And they ran it up a little bit on the end, too. So I think someone whispered in Jim's ear down on the sideline, hey, we got a chance at the one seed. You want to keep your foot on the gas here, not just sit on this? So what do you think about the overall resume? I know that we can make a case for being number one. I just I don't want to set ourselves up for disappointment and focusing on the wrong things. It's it's something that we can't control. It's something that's probably got some behind the scenes people pulling strings in ESPN and uh, the SEC has a foothold. They are the milking bell cow of of ESPN and college bowl games. So Bama's going to get some preferential treatment. And rather than set myself up for being upset about it, I'm just going to accept that we're the number two seed. And we're going to go kick an SEC team's ass next next game. And uh, I'm looking forward to it because I do feel like the Big Ten, on a bigger picture that we don't get to talk about all the time, the Big Ten doesn't get looked at to the, in the same regard as the SEC. And like you said, Georgia and Alabama, I know they think they're really good teams. I know they don't want to play against Michigan. So uh, I'm looking forward to however it shakes out because Michigan will be a challenge for any team this year because we are one of, if not the top team in the country. Like I said earlier, too, they're going to play Georgia, and I imagine that's going to wind up being the late game. Uh, the nice thing about being number one, because, again, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter because they are going to play Georgia, uh, I assume. I shouldn't assume. That's not right. Um, you get to If you're number one, you get to pick which one you're going to. Um, I, th- I know a lot of people, I think, would probably prefer Miami, just given travel, logistics. But I think if I'm Michigan and I'm number one, I want to go play indoors in a climate-controlled area, um, in a place that you're pretty familiar with. They've played there a few times now. So any thoughts on Orange Bowl versus Cotton, or does it really even matter to you? No, it doesn't matter. I mean, this team, mindset-wise, you have to have the mindset that no matter what time of day, where it's at, we've got to come out and play our best football. Because brand-wise, Michigan is playing probably the best in all three facets of any team in the country. I don't know uh, if we're the best offense or defense or specialty, but the three units together make us a very good and very dangerous team. And as long as we're playing the brand of football we've come to know here in November and it just seems to keep getting stronger, put us cotton, orange, Fiesta, Papa John's, doesn't matter. We're going to get it done. <laughs> so that's how I feel about them right now. They, they're, a, they're a locomotive that has no tracks, and you do not want to be in the way of Michigan football right now. Well, I know you're fired up. I know Jason Canfield is fired up. He says, so happy we won. Like, legit, I am still in disbelief. I, I'm i telling you, man, the second half of that Rutgers game this year, I'm like, I just don't know if this 
it, they were winning games the way they had before bullying teams that, that they were clearly better than. But that was kind of a point where I'm like, is this where where's this going to go? Um, I don't blame anyone who's in disbelief. It's been it's been 18 years, 17 years. Um, a lot of talented guys have passed through that locker room and, and didn't didn't get a shot at this. And obviously, I mean, for Jim Harbaugh, like you said, it doesn't it doesn't erase the fact that it took seven years to get there but it's like they've exercised every single demon on the list this year except for you know beating michigan state and and i know there are spartan fans hate watching this because i know how you guys act um it's gonna make them so mad moving forward and every additional win that michigan tacks on that their game didn't matter it just didn't matter didn't matter it happened but it didn't matter yep and Again, 2003, if I'm not mistaken, I think might have been a split. I'm not sure if it was or not, but I think we might have split that Big Ten championship. Uh, 2004 was. Uh, 2003, uh, 2003 was the last time it was an outright. Was that outright? Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Regardless, just the dominating fashion. I mean, just relish in that because you might never not see it again uh, for another. Not that we won't win again. I do think we're kind of changing the culture, and this is one of those t- types of things that – really shifts you into the next gear. I've talked about being tier one teams, tier two teams, and we've kind of had this glass ceiling that we haven't been able to punch through. And it feels like we're well through that glass ceiling, uh, even just to this point of this year, regardless of how things shake out. Um, But to do what we did in a dominating fashion in November in the Big Ten Championship game is something you might not see for a long time, so you better relish in it. Well, I assume, again, shouldn't be assuming, but – they're going to play Georgia. Um, you, I'm sure you watched the SEC title game or at least caught some of it. We've all watched Georgia throughout the year. Um, SEC gets that spotlight. Early thoughts on a potential matchup with the with the Bulldogs? I feel like Georgia is maybe a better matchup for us than Alabama is to play the first. If you're going to have to play an SEC team first, I feel like Georgia is a little stagnant on offense and can find some slumps, and was, which is what happened, I think, today against Alabama. And, yeah, they've got a great defense, but any defense that's on the field too long or too many plays, too many snaps, will get exposed eventually. And so I don't mind the matchup with Georgia. Yeah, they're really good defensively, and they're going to be probably one of the best teams to stand up potentially to our run game, but we won't know until we try it. So I I don't hate the matchup against Georgia. I think Bama and even Cincinnati, who I'm assuming is the fourth team, uh, both have more dynamic offenses that you know you might want to try and run you out of the gym. And uh, I like our matchup potentially against Georgia and think it could be a good old-fashioned slugfest. And we'll see who's meaner this year, Big Ten or SEC, because I feel like that'd be a clash of the big guys and trenches and all the stuff I love to see. Well, Ryan, uh, they're going to the college football playoff. That's Oh, my God. This is so – I had to tweet it. I literally tweeted out. Michigan football head coach is going to win a Big Ten championship and go to the college football playoff. And it was like one of those Magic Johnson-esque type of tweets, but I just had to type it out to see it. Um, They're going to the big dance. They punched their ticket. They're going to be one of the final four teams left standing. Can this team win it all? They can. Yes, they can. Uh, It's, it's, I think, as good a chance for them as any of the other teams that are going to be involved, whoever they may be. It's... A team that's playing their very best football. We're a healthy team. We have not had too many significant things. We'll be even more healthy, you know, provided everything goes well, preparing for the bowl game. And we're a team with lots of great senior leadership. And 
we've just gotten better and better and better. Bama struggled a little bit and went to they went to overtime uh, against Auburn. Um, you know, Georgia just got beat and kind of got whooped in their championship game. Cincinnati doesn't know how good they are. They've just been walking around since they beat a Notre Dame team that I think is probably pretty average. We've been dominating, and we've dominated November. We dominated our championship game. That's why I feel like we have a not just a chance, but a good chance. A good chance, I still say, would be you know better than 25% uh, out of the four teams that get there. But we've got just as good a chance as anybody with the momentum that this team has, leadership that this team has. Uh, and I, I wouldn't want to play us. Uh, if you had to circle one, one team you don't want to play, it would be us. And um, maybe that's 100% biased. I don't care. But that's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> what? The, Mich- the former Michigan player bias? That sounds crazy. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I want to totally lost my train of thought there. God, it has been such a weekend. Uh, we got in here Thursday night. We did the St. Elmo's thing. We've, it, it has been a whirlwind of a few days and we probably won't sleep tonight because we've got to get back home and cover a college football playoff show tomorrow. But I just, your emotions throughout the lead up to the game. Uh, what was, what was Saturday like for you? And then once the game was on, uh, how locked in were you? I've never felt like it took longer to get to 8 p.m. in my entire life. Uh, woke up and did our feeding this morning at around 6.30, 7 a.m. And I just was like, oh, 13 hours. 13 hours we get to take the field. I feel like I watched the clock just tick all day waiting for this game to kick off. And um, it was just exciting. It's one of those things that, like, I'm now to an age where I feel like it's more important to me to know who I was with, what interactions did I have, who was I texting with, and that type of thing. And um, I made some detailed notes, and this is a good memory that I'm always going to be able to go back to, well, if you think this team's good, you should have seen in 2021 when this is what happened. And um, I just I, I can't wait to be the one spinning the stories because uh, it's been really fun watching this team grow to what they've done and, and what they've accomplished. And can't believe it's not over. I mean, we're still getting spoiled. I, this would be fine. But then we get an opportunity to do something we've never done before and get to the college football playoff. So let's go win that too. All right. Well, the chat wants me to take off the red lanyard. Sorry. That's an oversight on my part. It is my credential, though. I need it to be up here. Um, something else I will say. So before the season, somehow I just I happened to have a chance encounter with um, with uh, Louis Hansen's dad. And he commented on my season prediction article where I said Michigan would go eight and four. I didn't think that was that hot a take. I actually thought it was being probably kind coming off of what last year was, but uh, he said, I'll take the over. I'm like, okay, whatever your player, dad, you're biased, right? Uh, I'll take that bet, whatever it is. He goes, so, well, if I win, uh, you have to wear, um, you have to wear Louis shirt on the podcast. So because we're collecting tonight, all, all, all debts are paid. Shout out to Louis Hanson. Shout out to the Hanson family. So paid up the debts. We're good to go. Um, happy. I was happy. Trust me. I am so happy to be wrong. Um, but uh, gosh, where else do we go? I mean, I do want to end with this storybook season, special group of guys, or is this the beginning of something? Both. Uh, I think you can have both. Uh, this, what we hope to do back to our team in 2011 was, when Coach Hope came in and we had an opportunity to win 10 games and then we beat Ohio State, we were thinking, like, this is bigger than us. We changed the culture. You know, this is when things shift and we start getting competitive in the series and 
get into the Big Ten championship game, and uh, we all know that that's not how things shook out because you wanted to be a part of that. It was tough to be in Michigan's team meeting room and for, well, for Lloyd Carr, for Rich Rodriguez, and for Brady Hope to ask you guys who's beat Ohio State and no one gets to raise their hands. It's tough to be in that room when that happens. And these guys, there's been some generations of guys that, that they haven't been able to raise their hand when that question gets asked. And now it's like we, we've we got this cloud away from us, a curse. I, 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 hard to believe and might be a little uh, exaggerating to say that we feel like we've been cursed as Michigan football, but there feels like there's kind of some of that vibe to some of the things that's been going on. And to have it feel lifted, uh, to, to feel like things are – you know, turning the page. You got to tell a story about about the uh, the Dragon Slayers, which are the 2021 Michigan Wolverines. But um, you know, the story goes on for the the happy town that lives on, and hopefully, we're right. And this is something that we get familiar with. We we've been to Big Ten championships before. We know how this works in the college football playoff. And uh, Ohio State has to worry about us a little bit more. That'd be nice. It'd be nice to have that decade coming up next. Well, we've got people in the chat that were also asking you to take off the purple shirt because we don't support Brian Kelly around here. But this is a family. <laughs> this is a family program. Make sure everyone it's stays. Weird clothed. lighting. I promise. This is, <laughs> it's this actually is, blue, uh, right? Navy. Yeah, this is Navy. I got the jump man somewhere over here. Gotcha. It's, I promise. It's team issued. <laughs> oh man, what a I. Whoa, just I got nothing, man. Uh, this this season. This this weekend, um, you know, I'll say it like I it made me feel and experience things I didn't really think were possible uh, jumping into a line of work like this, because especially like, you know, the narrative has been what it is uh, a little bit cursed breaks haven't gone their way. Um, it kind of wears on you after a bit. I mean, it wears on everyone. But um, when you cover it and, and people hate tweet you for. Um, you know, Michigan calls a press conference and you go, Oh, dude, Jim Harbaugh on the program. They just can't stop talking. It's like, no, like that's how it works. We have a job to do. Um, this has been awesome, man. And the podcast with you have been awesome. And we've got, got at least one more game week pod. Uh, we won't be doing a morning podcast given that, uh, it is Sunday morning now, technically, if you're watching or listening. Um, but yeah, excited to keep it rolling. Um, how's the group chat looking? Sure, a lot of activity. The group chat is uh, the group chat is pretty crazy. I mean, that's something that it has to be a part of other programs. But when you commit to Michigan, you play for Michigan. You you know about the legacy, the tradition, the um, and the group of guys that came before you. And so having multiple guys express the emotions that they're expressing uh, for the the joy that they feel for these guys, it's it just feels like you're a part of something big, and it feels like. This is a new uh, era for Michigan's football, and and I think that this year's fantastic. We should absorb as much of this as we possibly can, um, but don't be afraid to be ambitious about where the program's going because I feel like this is exactly what the doctor ordered ordered in order to move us forward into that Tier 1-type program, and I think we're on our way. Uh, I think we're on our way, and more good things in the future for Michigan football. For sure. I think, uh, you know, for years, it, you know, it's always been, oh, remember, like you said, you put it perfectly. Oh, remember when the 97 team did this? Remember when the 2011 team beat Ohio State, went to the Sugar Bowl? Remember 1969 and the win over? Like, it's not, 
the conversation turns to remember 2021 and you know Michigan has a a storied past that that should be embraced by everyone but you know you don't have to hang your hat on the past anymore it's here and and things are pretty good right now so um well that's going to do it for us from here uh you from home myself from high atop lucas oil stadium what an atmosphere what a weekend um you know, you can you can follow uh, Wolverine.com wherever you get your content. We still have the one dollar deal going for the website, so the link to that will be in the description below. A uh, year's worth of content of Big Ten Championship football content for a year. Can't beat it right now. So be sure to sign up for that. Um, lots, a lot of work still to do. Uh, it's not going to be a quiet holiday season around these parts. So feels good to say that though. So for Ryan Van Bergen. Uh, I've been Anthony Broom. Thank you guys so much for for listening, for following along. And we got at least one more of these to do, uh, maybe two. We'll see what happens. But uh, regardless, it's been a, it's been a fun, lot of fun, and we'll uh, be back with you soon. So enjoy this. Pour yourself another drink. You've got nowhere to go. It's celebration night. We don't titles have been hard to come by around these parts. So um, have fun, enjoy it, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.